Good morning and welcome once again. You know, I could ask you today if you love Jesus, but you must because you're sitting in a non-air-conditioned building in Florida in the middle of summer. So uh, we know where your heart is today, hopefully. And uh, we can we can laugh and joke about that. And, and that's uh, how we need to take most things is our, our attitude is a lot that determines about our whole outlook on life and how things can, can weigh us down. And, and we're just going to use that as a part of our example today of what we're talking about. And because um, we'll call this message the, the little things. And, uh, you know, we've been talking about different things, how we have to have faith and how Satan wants to break down our faith because that is the key to everything. That's the key to having a relationship with God. That is the key to having our prayers answered. Faith is the key. And Satan wants to break down our faith. He wants to have our prayers not be answered, not because God's not listening, not because God doesn't want to. It's because on our end, we do not have the faith to receive. Satan wants to break down that barrier. He wants to distract us from who God truly is. He wants us to lose interest. He wants us to lose our ability. He wants us not to be able to access our God-giving power to be able to make things happen. And we're going to look at another way today on how Satan uses circumstances, uses things against us to little by little break us down. First of all, let's have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you today for being able to get into your word, Father. We ask you to open our hearts and minds to receive it. Just take myself out of the way, Father, and just let your true message shine through. We ask this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. And uh, let's start off with a, a little bit of scripture just to get us in the, in the mindset. Isaiah 41 and 10. And uh, I suggest maybe later today, go through it and just um, look at this whole whole series here, just this whole whole chapter. It's, it's all, it's, the whole book is good, but this is good stuff, especially what we're talking about today. Just look at it all. But right now we're going to concentrate on verse 10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yet I will help thee. Ye, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. You know, so many times we feel so alone. And it's times that we may not have other people around us, but we forget that God is always with us. And no matter what our circumstances are, God is the one constant. God is constantly there to, to be with us and to, to see us through. It is real easy to get discouraged. We all get discouraged from time to time. No matter what we are, are working on, what we're trying to accomplish, sometimes just living life can be very discouraging. We have people that, that give up. They take their own lives. They just throw it all away. It's because they have been so discouraged. Sometimes it can be a, a big thing, one big event, but many times it's all these little things that build up. And little by little by little, and we've heard the expression, the, the straw that breaks the camel's back. And we never know in life 
when we're going to reach that, that breaking point. And that's why we have to be diligent about diffusing all of these little things before they become a big thing, before we reach that breaking point. You know, we've seen people that seem like they're fine, and all of a sudden, something minute in our eyes happens, and then they just explode. It's just, it's because everything just comes pouring out, little by little. It's like if we take a balloon, and we keep adding a little bit of air, a little bit of air, a little bit of air, pretty soon, it's going to pop. We can take a dish and put it underneath a drip, and eventually that container is going to be full. It is going to overflow. We can only take so much. And we have to remember that we are not designed to handle sin. We were never built for sin. We were never built for the world that we live in now. God created us and he put man in a perfect environment. He put him in the garden. He had all of his needs provided. Everything he needed. And he had that personal, one-on-one, up-close relationship with God. And now we're in this world that's sin-ridden. We have to go through Jesus to get back to God. We have to work at our relationship with him. We have to be diligent in protecting ourselves from the world. We always have to be on defense. We were never designed to live this way. That is why it's so crucial for us to be in the presence of God, to accept Jesus Christ, to be covered with his blood, to be able to communicate, to be able to seek out God, to seek out his wisdom, his approval, his instruction, to get into his word, to know how to survive, to be able to make it through. We are in foreign territory. And it's, it's little by little. God gives us vision. I've told you my story. I've seen this place in my mind, in my vision, full. But there's so many things that happen. There's people that come along and want to make it fall. There's just a, a lack of, of a want of the people to see the same vision. You know, for, for things to work, people have to be in, in unison. There's a, a lack of, of faith. We have so many things that's pulling us in different directions. It's injecting us with fear that we're not faith-driven. So we cannot get on a path to be able to do faith-driven things. We're running in fear. We're battling things like sickness, poor health. We're constantly having to search for provision, to have things to be taken care of that need to be taken care of. And as we go through and just try to meet our general needs, we have things that keep coming back and, and causing us more dilemma. 
in a time where church is on the decline, where it's hard to, to get people in it, it is, we have a pandemic come that makes people want to close their doors and stay away and shut things down and tell us that we need to, to stay away and that this is more dangerous than it is good and not to do it. It's just things keep to keep compiling and compiling and compiling to seem like it's just we should just give up. Many times our, our health can be that way. I know many people that's suffering from, from chronic conditions. And it seems like when, when something gets better, there's something else comes along that, that, that aggravates another part, and that condition just keeps getting worse. And we just go from one thing to the other. And it's you have a life that revolves around medication and doctor visits, and you don't have the, the energy that you need. You don't have the strength. You don't have the mobility. You don't have all the things that you need, that you want to be able to do and be able to act. And... This buildup just makes you just want to give up. And then we have just the, the things of day-to-day of -day life. We have our children. Being a parent is a challenging, challenging time. There's so many things, so many decisions to make, and... Now we can compound it of the, the world we live in today. We talked about it a little bit last week or the week before that about how we have to be on guard because there's so much more that they're exposed to now than were generations past. That people's trying to direct their thought patterns. They're trying to make it more of a worldly world more of a satanic world than a godly world. You're taking things of God, pushing that away, and pushing the things that they want, the things that are not of God, but of what Satan is directing through man. We have to be on guard for that. And there's times that things can even be more challenging. If the child has special needs, if it has special circumstances... If our, our livelihood's not enough to, to provide. Sometimes we might have a, a difficult spouse. You know, we're doing all we can do. We're trying to do all we can do. And then we have a situation where we need to be a, a unit and a team. And there's not that unity. There's conflict. There's division. We have it in our, our job force. We just have it as a way of life now in the world. Everything is a battle. Everything is about division. We see it everywhere we look. Our personal decisions is now dividing us as brothers and sisters in Christ, as a nation, as a country. We're being divided based upon what we decide to do with our bodies. What we decide is law. What we decide is right and wrong. And I've said, and I stand by that, we only have one choice is what is of God and what is not. But everybody is pushing God away. 
in the name of political correctness, in the name of a, a new world order, in the name of what the world wants, what seems to be right now, in the name of not hurting feelings, and we're just pushing God away. So if we stand with God, we are now another part of another division. We're divided in our homes. We're divided amongst our families. And these are the things that we have to deal with on a daily basis. And it's real easy to get bogged down into the, the little things. I want to look at Luke 22, um, 41. Uh, yeah, 41 and 44. And uh, this is an excerpt of where Jesus, before he's going to the cross, he's, he's praying in the garden. And in 41, he said, And he was withdrawn from them, a stone's cast, and he kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if they are willing, remove this cup from me, nevertheless, not my will, but thy be done. And he appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling to the ground. This is a passage I've used many times to talk about the emphasis of what Jesus was going through. He was praying so hard that he was literally sweating blood. And that is not metaphoric. There is an actual medical condition for that. It's a long word I probably can't pronounce, but it's an actual medical condition. This is actually a, a proven thing. Luke, the author here, he was a doctor. So he was one that could very well explain a phenomenon like this. And uh, that's really not the point. The point is that um, talk about what Jesus was going through. And uh, I've always talked about in the past about how this is the moment right before the big event. Right before he's going to be beaten, tortured, whipped, mocked, spit upon, his garments ripped, thrusted upon a, a cross to die. This was all no surprise to Jesus, and I could understand somewhat. I can't say I can't know what it's like to be in a shoe, because he knew everything that was going to happen. But I can know what fear is, because, see, we're a lot weaker than Jesus. So uh, if we got a big dentist appointment coming up, we might start having some feelings of fear and anxiety because we know there's going to be pain and discomfort. We know that a surgery may cause pain and discomfort and the recovery is going to cause pain and discomfort. So we're going to have a fear and anxiety. I remember one time before one of my surgeries that that was one of my fears and I was praying to God that if we could do this another way, that would be great. I would really like to do it another way because I really don't want to go through all this pain and suffering and recovery, that if we could just wake up and all be good, that would be, you know, my path. But nevertheless, I'm healed. 
we didn't always have to do it my way. We did it God's way. And the end result's the same is healing. And same thing here. It's always that God's will be done. We may not like how we have to get to the destination as long as God's will is done because he has a reason for it. He has a way. He lined it up this particular way for a certain reason. But what I want to look at is, is everything that has happened before. You know, this was at the, the end of Jesus' ministry. So as we look and we go backwards, it wasn't smooth sailing for Jesus. It was a, a challenge every step of the way. We look at a lot of the events, we look at the tone of Jesus. He says things like, how long will I be with you? You faithless generation. Where is your faith? Why do you fear? Oftentimes we look at the, the undertones there and we see, we see frustration. We see, we see aggravation. Because he spent this time teaching and teaching and teaching and telling and showing the truth and laying down the facts and performing the miracles, backing up everything that he says with the power of God, showing who he is, showing who his father is. He says, if you had seen me, you have seen my father. But yet, what did he get? He goes to his own hometown where he grew up amongst his peers, amongst his friends, amongst the people that knew him, and they did not receive him. They made a mockery of it. Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this the son of Mary? They downplayed who he was. He would tell his disciples if they would not listen, the people that would not listen to just go on and move on. Because he knew that not everyone was going to listen. He was challenged. Pharisees would come around and challenge everything that he did. Trying to trip him up. Trying to make him look like a fool. Trying to find a way to put him away. Because they were of the world. Even his disciples. He gave them the power. He gave them the ability. He told them how to wield that sword. How to use that shield. And the demon wouldn't come out. Peter fell in the water. They were scared to death of dying in a storm. He was constantly surrounded by people. At one point, so many people was bumping up against him. Someone touched him and didn't even know who it was. Who drew the power from him? 
And his disciples were, Master, there's tons of people around you. They didn't get it. They didn't get it. So when Jesus was in that garden, he wasn't at his peak. Remember when you first found salvation? Remember how good you felt? How strong you were? You was ready to take on, take on hell. Take on the world. And then as time goes by, we start to wither away again. We start to break down. Because that's what the world does to us. And our faith dwindles down a little bit. And even when we, we pray and we have our prayers answered, when a miracle happens, when things happen in our life and there's no doubt whatsoever, that was God. I was overhearing some praise reports this morning, and that's the one thing I heard. Well, that was God. That was God. And see, we can take these moments and we can, we can ride on them a little bit. We can use that to carry us through. But that's when the world is going to start chipping away because Satan does not want to keep you in that peace, that peace that God brings you. Satan does not want you to have that faith high. He wants you to keep you knocked down. See, these little things is what really weakens us. You know, it's that uh, if you're chopping down a tree, you take out a little bit, you cut out that wedge. And then... You go at it with the, the big chainsaw to make it go ahead and fall. What is that? That little bit that's starting out, that's what determines the direction of the tree fall. That's what determines where it's going to hit the ground. It's the little things. You know, when we have a, a major disaster, a, a, a plane crash or, or something like that, a lot of times it's not something big. Sometimes it's a bird that flies into the motor. A little bird. Sometimes it's a bolt that works its way loose. And they know that there's a, a chance of this. So every single bolt is safety tied with wire. So in the event that bolt was to loosen up, it's not going to come off. Because one little bolt is what can cause catastrophic damage. I believe the Challenger space shuttle was caused by a, a plate that came off. It's the little things. So Satan, he keeps throwing these, these little things at us. So when the big things come, it's a lot easier to, to wipe us out. It's a lot easier to just to knock our feet out from underneath us if we're already weak. If we're already damaged. So Jesus is sitting here in this garden. And he's thinking about all these things. All the people that's been against him. All the things that's happened. He's already weakened. And he's got this big, massive 
thing in front of them now. All these people that were gathered around that loved him, that was screaming his name, that thought he was going to be just going to set him free right then and take reign right here on earth. All these people that, that loved him so much, all the people were going to turn against him. Even his disciples, the ones that owed to him that they would never deny him, they even then they turned away. To the point where it was Jesus and God. And you know, the, the thing about Jesus is he had a, a moment where God could not look upon him because he was taking on the sin of the world. So God couldn't look upon him because God could not look upon sin. God could not look upon his son. There was a moment in time when Jesus was alone. And praise God, praise Jesus for covering us with his blood that we will never have to experience that because we are covered and we are connection with God has been restored and we are never alone. We are never alone. We are never without aid. We are never without help. We have God on our side and it is constant. So what do we do about the little things? We can't stop them. They're going to keep coming. But we can change our response. One thing we're going to be talking about in the near future is, is prayer. And God tells us that we have not because we ask not. And many times we could avoid some of the things that come against us if we would just ask God to intervene before it becomes a problem. So when we deal with God, it's a different outlook of how we've been trained to deal with the world. We are reactive. Something happens to us, we respond to it. But God is proactive. We should be proactive with God. We should be asking God to help us with these things before they are a problem. Things are still going to come our way. But our attitude has a lot to do with how they affect us. something bad happens, we can get bogged down in it. We can let it bring us down. We can let it cause fear and anxiety. We can let it cause turmoil. We can let it cause arguments. We can just let us break us. Or we can seek God and seek a different attitude. We can find good in everything. And I know that's hard to believe sometimes because some things just seem impossibly bad. 
especially when we're on the brink of it or going through it. It seems it seems like things are horrible, and we wonder how can any good come about it. And we can't see the future. But as we look back, we can start to see. Because these moments alter our course. And remember that God is leading us to a hope and a future. I would not be standing here today if there hadn't been certain events in my life that bumped me in this direction. And many of you could say the same thing. You would not be where you're at today if certain things had not put you there. And you might say, well, whoa, wait, I don't really like where I'm at today. Well, you're not at your final destination. So you may not like where you're at right now, but you could be getting set up to where you're going. God knows the beginning to the end. We do not. We have to rely on him for the next step. And we oftentimes falter in that because we're worried about where we are right now and how to get out of it instead of seeking where God is leading us. We should be following along, seeking his wisdom Peter and the gang, they were out there fishing and fishing and fishing all night long. Didn't catch nothing. And if you're a fisherman and you rely on catching fish to make your living, this is a big deal. This would be one of the moments that we're talking about that is problematic. And uh, they're out there fishing. They're tired. They've been working all night. And here comes this Jesus fellow wanting to borrow a boat so he can do some talking. And uh, a lot of times we would have been in a situation like, hey, buddy, you need to go on down the road. I'm going to bed. I'm tired. I've had a rough night and things are not going my way. I'm in a bad mood. That's where a lot of us get. But, you know, Peter was accommodating. He uh, let him use the boat and he joined partners with the kingdom of heaven because Jesus is a representative of the kingdom of heaven. He was literally God on earth. And so he has the wisdom. And he tells them, okay, let down your nets over there because he knows. And then that sounds crazy because, of course, we do it in our own will and nothing happens. We're not used to doing it with God, but with God's help, they brought in so many fish that the nets were breaking. They had to call out the second boat and they had a pretty good day. Not because of anything they did other than having the right attitude, not letting their circumstances get them down. Our circumstances, our feelings can cloud our judgment so much. We want to be angry. We want to be in self-pity. We want to just wallow in our problems that we let it cloud everything else. We don't want to look for the silver lining. We don't want to look for the good in a situation because it feels good to wallow in self-pity. It feels good to be angry. It feels good to be sad. You know, we want to embrace our feelings when we should be embracing God. 
We need to have that Paul attitude, count it all joy. You know, when we ask God, okay, God, we have this situation we need to deal with and you see it through. But also, God, what can, what can we learn from this? What is the purpose in this? I think so many times we've been told not to question God and it's been taken in the wrong context that we're not supposed to ask any questions. But that's not what God is talking about. God is our source of wisdom. We need to be asking him all kinds of questions. God, I don't understand what's going on, so please explain it to me. And if it's not something I need to know right now, that's fine. But just to let you know, Lord, I want to know. I want to know why. What am I supposed to learn from this? Because if it's all for my benefit, if I don't know what my benefit is, it's doing me no good. I don't know about you, but I don't want to go through any suffering for no reason if I can get something back from it. And that might sound selfish, but that's also the way God has it intended. If I have to go through a bad point in my life, but this is for an upgrade, that is great. I don't want to miss out on my blessing. We have a problem with receiving It's like working for 40 hours and then not getting your paycheck. Our faith through our trials and tribulation is our work. And what we receive from it is our paycheck. But don't let your attitude get in the way from it. If you go to work and have a bad attitude, you're going to get in trouble. You're going to get fired. When we're doing our godly work, don't get fired. Have a good attitude. Count it all joy. Just the peace that will bring. We need to be to the point where something happens. God's got it. Something happens. God's got it. Nothing is too big for my God. Nothing man can do can harm me because of my God. He is here for me. Fear thou not, I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. I will help thee. I will hold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. This is not some fiction. This is not some cute little bumper sticker. This is not a Facebook quote. This is the word of God. Fear not. I am with thee. We need to remember that. Because if we look at... The world we are living in today, nobody is believing what the Word says. Because we are living in a world of fear. We are living in a world that is weak. And we are living in a world that is walking alone.
because we are not standing with God.